you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We consider it a wonderful honor to be able to come across your airwaves and be part of this and and uh, just to be able to look at God's word and say, man, I, I've suffered from this hurt in my life and these, uh, you know, PTSD or, or maybe, you know, we can even, you know, I know a lady who keeps a list who, who wrote down the things she's been through. So every day she goes to God and she says, these things of this world, God, you know, keep this from me today. Yeah, take this from, boy, God does it. And uh, these things we've been through. So Kevin's with us. He's he's looking at one of the greatest mountain rangers in, in the United States of America oh. right now. So what's going on, brother? Yeah, I'm still in uh, Cedar City, Utah. I'll be heading up to the Salt Lake um, City here at the end of the week, very end of the week um, area. It's starting a PTSD thing. Lord willing, up there. But, yeah, it's a very beautiful country. It is. And, 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 you know, as I even fly over it, I'll be there in just a few weeks. Uh, I'll be out in Salt Lake City. But even flying over those mountains, it, it just kind of takes your breath away. You know, you're just like, whoa, that is so beautiful. And, and we have wonderful mountains. Don't get me wrong. We got Blue Ridge Mountains out here and Appalachian Mountains. And there's all kinds of stuff. Just drive west. You can hit all kinds of ranges and a little bit north from here and things of that nature. But there's something special uh, about you know, three or four yards of snow on top and, and snow caps and, <laughs> and, and no humidity and, and things of that nature. It's, it's, it's a pretty great thing. And, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled uh, that you have an opportunity to be there. So folks, we're going along. We've been talking this week about a lot of different things. Trusting the Lord for healing is how we began. Just, you know, healing for the kids, getting rid of the generational sin, doing right for the spouses, for our future spouses, for our relatives. And, and, and then we got this responsibility from God to be the light, to be a light, to let God. It's not about a light that we can turn on. It's letting God's light shine through us. It's a, it's letting the world see that we, we stand for something different. We, we, we shine for a great God. He, he, you know, and you know, folks, years ago I was in the army and, and, uh, and you guys know that. And, but years ago we were in maneuvers. I remember this at Fort Leonard Wood. We're out in Mark Twain state forest out in the middle of Missouri. And on one side of that, it was Fort Leonard Wood. And we're out in the middle of the woods and we were on maneuvers and we were actually in a defensive position. So we were dug in on this hill mountainish kind of thing. And, and, uh, you know, we had our fighting positions that some people would call foxholes, but foxholes aren't big enough for full grown soldiers. But, and, and you dig these fighting positions, these holes, and you conceal your position. And I remember they put me out on what they called an LZ uh, or a listening post. And you go out to the listening. It should be an LP. I get that. But you go out to the LC and you go out in front of your element and you're down there and you're looking for the enemy in your direction. And we had Morse code and, you know, I was wired. Things were covered up and I, I could send an SOS meaning they're coming. They're coming. Be ready. And I remember that night I was out there and I wasn't hearing a thing and I was kind of freaking out. It got to be about one or two in the morning. And, and I mean, it was just kind of an overcast kind of night and the moon wasn't very bright. It was pitch black. 
And I remember this knucklehead about 100 yards from me out front, part of the enemy, part of the aggressors, part of the offensive team. He must have uh, lit a cigarette or turned on his flashlight without being under a poncho or something. But, I mean, it was like a flash from a, an old Kodak camera or something like that. <laughs> and I immediately started plugging in SOS, SOS. And we were in a mile system at the time, which is a weapon that sets off a, mm-hmm. uh, a little receiver on your body. And it goes, beep, 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 beep. And that's how they know you're dead. And they make you get in a truck and they shut it off and say, you're dead, <laughs> you're injured, you're in a prisoner of war camp, whatever the case may be. Laser and, tag. Yeah, yeah, but that's what we call it in civilian life. But that's not a fun yeah. name. But anyway, folks, I'll never forget, you You can't quench light. You can quench darkness, but you can never quench light because light is of God. And God reminds us over in Matthew 5, ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And, and folks, shining our light, being the light, glorifies God. And, and Kevin, I'll tell you, it can change an entire world when somebody's the light. Yes, sir. Well, you know, um, just a little bit of light makes makes uh, makes you uh, stick out right and uh, we live in a Christianity today that wants to suppress its own light so it doesn't stick out and it wants to throw a wet blanket over anyone who's on fire for God but um, you know oftentimes the idea of being a light it just uh, you know it sometimes can become you know, you're lost in the commonplace notion of it. You know, this is just something that, that you hear about that doesn't make a big difference. But I was thinking because um, yesterday I was, we were in Song Song of Solomon. We're talking about spouses a little bit. You know, there's there's a group, and today we're talking about being a light in the community, right? So there's a group in the Song of Solomon uh, book that is called the Daughters of Jerusalem, and it's so you've got the spouses, you've got Solomon, you got Shunammite woman, you know the nameless beautiful woman, and then you've got the other people around that are just on the outside, kind of looking that are not part of the marriage, obviously. And um, this, there was an exchange between the Shunammite woman and the community. Uh, on a certain night when um, she was looking for her husband, she had, she, the husband had gotten involved in whatever, you know, he was out in the community taking care of something. And um, anyway, she went out looking for him and it says, uh, uh, my soul failed when he spoke. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answers. The watchman that went about the city found me. So these are community leaders. They smote me. They wounded me. We'd say the police, the sheriff's department, the keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. They, you know, you're a woman of the night. No, she's not. She's looking for her one single love. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I am sick of love, meaning lovesick. I'm lovesick. If you find my husband out here, I'm looking for him. I'm being dragged off to jail uh, uh, erroneously. But tell tell my hubby, tell Solomon, I'm looking for him. I'm lovesick. And then this is what the people of the community say. What is thy beloved more than another beloved? Oh, thou fairest among women. A little bit of sarcasm there. What is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost so charge us? Charge us. In other words, why are you, why are you talking so loud? And why are you 
telling us we need to do something about your beloved. What's, why is he any better? And this was her answer. This is, to me, this is like the light turned on. This is the simplicity of being a light in the community. My beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among 10,000. So she's in the paddy wagon. She's going to jail. And she's going to be arraigned before a judge. And uh, she's like, oh, listen, I'm looking for him. I'm going through all this stuff because let me just tell you. And her countenance glowed. I can just see it. Oh, my beloved. He, his head is his most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of water, washed with milk and fitly set. And it goes on and on and on. It talks about him. And at the end, uh, when she's done, she says, his mouth is most sweet. He is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. And this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. And then the very next verse, they say, Whither is thy beloved gone, O thou fairest among women? Whither is thy beloved turned aside that we may seek him with thee? So she was a light when she was going through all the junk she went through. She was a testimony to the people that misunderstood because she knew someone that meant more than the world to her. And while her life was falling apart and she didn't even understand what happened to her beloved? She was just like, hey, I remember what he's like. Let me tell you what I remember. And they're like, let's, we want to, we want to know him too. That's, that's being a light in it, Doug. Yeah. Remember last week we, we talked about being crucified with Christ. We were over in Galatians 2.20. We said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and for himself. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty big deal right there, folks. And, and just saying the life that I now live, the light that I now shine is not me. It's but I've been crucified with Christ. Remember what John said over there in 1 John? He said, this then is the message which ye have heard of me and declare unto you that God is light and there's no darkness in him. And here's our problem here. Here's the whole conclusion of everything with this idea of light and darkness. There's no darkness in God. So if there's uh, an attempt by us to put a bushel over the light, if there's an attempt by us to dim the light, if there's an attempt by us to give up, I got to ask you the question, are you crucified with Christ? Have you done what Paul did every morning and say, hey, God, I can't do this. I need to die daily of the things of this world. I want to be a different human being. I want to be the person that a light can shine through. And folks, it's so important that we, we live this way, that we understand there's no darkness in Christ and there should be no darkness in us. Hey, we'll be right back. Hang with us. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. You know, in John, over in the book of John, chapter 8, says, Then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You say, well, Brother Doug, what in the world does this have to do with me? You see, folks, you know, if we're not careful, this hurt, 
these pains, these injuries, these narcissists have hurt us, these lives have turned upside down, these terrible things we've been through can turn into sin on our part. And, you know, in the Army, there was a, an actual uh, conduct of justice, a military justice, uh, that said noncompliance. Um, it, it, it was a sin against the Army. It was a crime. You could be arrested for it in the code of military justice. You could be arrested for being noncompliant. In other words, if I'm a, a sergeant major in the Army and, and Kevin's uh, one of my sergeants or something to that effect, and I know that he's not being treated right or he's going to do something wrong, and I omit that, I can be arrested. Well, in God's word, God is reminding us uh, you know, I'm the light of the world. You need to be walking after me. And folks, if we're not walking after him, there's kind of a sin of omission here. And it, it, it is a sin uh, to be apathetic. It, I'm not saying empathetic. I'm saying apathetic. It's a sin to lay down and give up. It's a sin to say, I can't go anywhere. It's a sin to say, I'm not trusting anybody ever again. It's a sin to say, I can't go out after dark. It's a sin to say, I can't go to the grocery store. It's a sin... You know, our God is bigger than all that. He, you know, he, he's looking at us. He gives us these words. He says, I'm the light. You know, don't walk in darkness. It can be the darkest night ever, but, but you're not walking in darkness because you're walking with me. You're crucified with me. You're different. And so, so God is definitely telling us. So the thesis we're talking about here that we started with is that we have a responsibility to be a light. And, and folks, you have never served God up to your full potential to eliminate darkness in your life. And it's hard. We're all sinners. I get it. I know what some of you are thinking right now. saying, well, Doug, you're a sinner too. You bet I am. And, and just like the apostle Paul, I got to say, God, this is another day. Take these things away from me. You know these targets I have on me that the devil shoots at. You know the wiles. You, I, I got to put this armor on today, God. And not only do I got to put this armor on, but I got to be prayed up and I got to fill my heart with your word. I, I want to be a light in this crazy world of darkness, in this crazy world of people shooting each other, in this crazy world that's turning upside down, in this crazy world that's trying to define gender to us, in this crazy, be a light. God just has one sentence for us, be a light. There's no darkness in me. I'm, I'm not shooting any guns. I'm not doing some crazy gender thing. I'm not upside down on this stuff. Just go be a light. And, and Kevin, I mean, that's where it's at. We need to be a light. We need to let his light shine through us. It's not about our wattage. Now, it's better than LED. It's heavenly light. Mm. Yeah, so good. You know, um, Amy Carmichael was a missionary to India who had been challenged by hearing Hudson Taylor in 1887, he was a missionary to China, and he just—he basically said, do you have a vision for souls? Do you realize people are dying and have literally no light? They literally cannot see the way out of destruction. There's no no way. They need—the ignorance is the problem. And, and, and so she said, you know, in herself, and I'm not quoting her, but she said, it's not only going to—it's not only ignorance, but apathy. In other words, yeah, they don't—they don't know— but it's our response as Christians when we say, and I don't care. Yeah. 
But uh, listen, ignorance and apathy are the are the two enemies of the light. But what we need to do, uh, Amy Carmichael, you talked about dying to self in the, before the break. The, uh, the I am crucified with Christ. Her one of her mottos was, "I'm going to India because there is a chance to die there." And that just blows people's mind. But um, that's the story of her life. It was that she felt that that her wherever she lived, there was a community watching her go through life. And when she would die to self in any situation, that was the light of the world that they would see. And here's the problem. We are apathetic and we say, well, I'm going through my problems. It's my problem. God says, wait a minute. Uh, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So when you're going through your problem, the, uh, the city around you is watching your problem. You're on a hill. And that's the way God sets you there. So as you go through the struggles of life that the world is going through, like we talked about on Monday, that everyone goes through, the world watches that and says, oh, there is a different way. Who? What is thy beloved? Hey, we want to seek him with thee. And uh, Jesus said, this is in Matthew 5 or 15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it giveth light and all that are in the house. I want to say the light that shines brightest shineth, shineth at home first. And so um, when you, when God lit you, when he saved you, he put a fire in your soul, right? And that joy of your salvation is made to be lit and put on a candlestick. And I'll never forget, I heard a message where the candlestick, and according to the book of Revelation, are the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. And so when God lights a, a new Christian, he puts them in his churches. That's what the New Testament is all about. The expectation is for a candle to be in the church. So when we burn, no man is an island. God put the, his people around you in church, first of all, to watch you go through something to teach you how to mentor you. God will get you through. God will get you through. Then to like Amy Carmichael, let the community see you and say, you know what? There is something about this person. And you're thinking she, Amy was thinking, ah, as I go through this heartache, as I go through this this trauma, this PTSD, as I'm suffering, let them see that there's a Jesus Christ who who is my source of strength and is my power because I'm just, I'm tapped into what he got when he was on the cross, when, uh, when he got, um, the victory and the resurrection. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And I, I'm reminded a buddy of mine was in the Navy around Newport, Rhode Island. And he tells the story that one, a very dark, dark night, he was, uh, you know, he was out in the Atlantic ocean there, not too far from, uh, the islands and Nantucket and things of that nature. And, and, uh, he was on duty one night and this big, huge aircraft carrier came up and, you know, he was flashing a light, Hey, you're going to hit us. So he got on the radio and, and, you know, he said, Mayday, Mayday, you know, turn your aircraft carrier. Now you got to turn it within a half mile or something. You're going to hit us and, uh, watch out for that. You know, this is, uh, uh, this is seaman first class Williams. A couple minutes later, he, he got, this is Rear Admiral, uh, you know, Smith in charge of the fleet. And I'm saying, get out of my way. Uh, I see your light. Get out of my way. I'm bringing the fleet in. 
And my buddy, Seaman First Class Williams, wrote back and said, I'm Seaman First Class Williams, and I'm running a lighthouse. And, you know, we forget sometimes that, you know, these lights guide us, man. And, yeah. uh, and we have a responsibility to guide other people. You know, we follow God's light. There's no darkness in God. And somewhere along the way, if we're not shining God's light through our lives, if we're not shining God's life uh, through our ministry, if we're not shining God's light through these things uh, that, that we call dear to us, through our families, through our loved ones, and uh, scratching out the generational sin and scratching out hate, scratching out all those things. God's saying, there's no darkness in me. I know there's darkness in the world, but don't lay on the couch. I can't use you on the couch. Folks, a soldier's no good in garrison. A soldier's no good in the barracks in his bunk. A soldier trains to serve on the battlefield. A soldier's trained to go out there and help other people. A soldier's trained to bring other people along. A soldier's trained to recruit. Folks, you get this. Tomorrow, listen, we're going to talk about changing the nation and, and how God can take all these things we learned and put them together for his glory. Don't miss it. Come on out with us tomorrow. We love you, folks. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.